0: Okay, this is Amelia. I'm in my house. This has been a learning curve, not recording at Emily's house, because she's got a room that's really quiet with a microphone that's set up, like at a place where we both can sit about the same distance. And usually if there's any noise, it's her dogs, you know, chasing each other. And so I've been trying to find a place in my house that's quiet. And my house is not quiet. It's appropriate in a meta level. That the episode is about the challenges and truth of isolation and social distancing. And the truth is, when we're trying to be isolated and socially distant, we're we're never really. There's always some dog squeaky noises and my husband coughing. No, he does not have the coronas. He is allergic to our cat. Uh, and cars driving by and the church bells next door ringing. And also technology learning curve, where I um, had to figure out how to actually get the thing to work, and then the complicated issue of what I'm actually playing. So here's what's going on. Emily said, here I wrote lyrics for this little Disney song that's in Hawaiian, and it's about social distancing. And it's got counterpoint. See, it's got counterpoint. Polyphony, two independent lines, and that's a metaphor for the ways that even in our isolation, we are together. And I was like, nice. I love a structural metaphor. The song itself exists as a statement of what it is like to be in social distancing. Love it. So I learned the words and the sing the parts, no problem. The ukulele part is too hard for me. It's got way too many chords that I just don't know how to play. So I wrote a little piano part because I thought, oh, that'll be totally doable. It is totally doable and it sounds really cute. But due to the nature of my recording equipment, I cannot record the sound of my piano without also recording the action of the keys and the hammers. It's really funky and noisy. And I just don't have a way to, like, mount the microphone on the ceiling or somehow that's going to eliminate the noise while keeping the sound, the musical part. So my third option then was to enter the music into my notation software, which is what I did. And then my next challenge was to get my microphone to pick up the sound of the notation software, because originally I, I did this whole episode, I recorded this whole thing, and then realized when I played it back to check it that none of the music from my computer had played at all ha 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 so learning curve doing the whole thing again i think oh my god please jesus let it work this time so here's the plan first i'm going to play you a little excerpt of the actual song itself from the original disney cartoon it sounds like this i think emily will post a link Isn't that adorable? It's totally cute. And, for the record, the dude who voices Mickey Mouse is a legit amazing singer. There's a lot of singing in these cartoons, and he's very good. Not only is he good at just basically singing, but I discovered when I tried to sing these in the voices of Mickey and Minnie Mouse, which Emily told me to do, sing it like Mickey Mouse. Oh, okay. I I mean, I can do, like, a little Mickey impersonation, ho ho! Oh, this Mickey Mouse! Like, the Mickey Mouse voice. In choral pedagogy, the Mickey Mouse voice is actually a thing that people use a lot to sort of demonstrate what head voice sounds like. This is what head voice sounds like. It's Mickey Mouse or it's um, Julia Child. So yeah, like a Mickey-ish voice, no problem. But singing, and not either just singing like in my ordinary speaking voice or singing according to my training, those two is fine. But singing in a character voice? It's so hard so the singer who's who's voicing mickey mouse is awesome very impressive you're amazing okay so here's what's gonna happen i'm gonna play the song you just heard but it's like the it's just an instrumental version in my notation software and i will sing minnie's part first because emily says that part is easier for her so i'm gonna assume that it's easier for more other people so i'll sing that first and then the second time through i'll sing mickey's part which emily said is more difficult for her i think because it goes first And when you come in first you have to be like the leader and on time and the part that follows Minnie's part is easier because you just you follow you come in after the other one and you're like i know when to come in because the other one came in first so first i'll sing Minnie's part then i'll sing Mickey's part then the whole thing will happen again and you'll get another chance to do well whatever you like but i'm assuming that probably Minnie's part is the one that you're going to be singing because i'll sing Mickey again here is here's how that goes really 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 playback really playback really playback oh my god i'm gonna kick this thing's fucking ass the fact that it's not like playing any sound right now i am so annoyed so annoyed why won't it fucking work oh god the introduction and the second ending all of that is gone okay Am I going to do this now and fix it, or am I going to go eat? Um, My stomach is literally growling, so I'm going to go eat so that we don't record my stomach growling, but I'll come back and record the thing later separately so that I don't have to do all of this again. Well, I'm recording now. Okay. Do you feel ready to be recorded? You betcha. Okay, so this is our primary coronavirus, what to do now that social distancing, basically, right? Social distance. Yeah, and we wanna talk about three things. One, recognizing that socializing through mediums is more difficult and results in less feeling of connection and bubble of love than real life. Two, we can cope with that by increasing the intensity of what we do in mediated stuff, mostly through ritual and play. Mm -hmm. And three, not necessarily in this order, uh, remembering who the real enemy is. Right. So I want to do the, do I want to do the first part? Remembering who the real enemy is? Is that the first part? It was the last one you said. Yeah, it was the last one I said, but I think it should be the one we do first. Yeah, 100%. Because who's the real enemy in this situation? You. <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> is that not right? That's not the right Hi. answer. Hi. Yes, honey, it's fine. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. No, we're recording a thing, so. It's fine. Thank you. We love you. You're very nice. Thank you. Isn't he doing dishes? You should be like. I know. I one know. One. Yeah. Because you could be in any room, but it doesn't matter. I, well, I can't, though, because all my sh- stuff is in here. So who's the real enemy? The virus? The virus is the real enemy, exactly. And the thing about diseases is that we are built evolutionarily to be disgusted by human bodily fluids and infection. And we extrapolate, because humans are so intensely social, we extrapolate our disgust from the fluids to the people who might have them. And so if we see a person wearing a mask, our tendency is to draw away with an emotional reaction of disgust, and that turns into stigma. The way these social systems are structured is, have you, have you seen March of the Penguins? No. You haven't seen March of the Penguins? No, I don't like to watch movies about animals suffering. Even well, if it's happy at the end, I don't want to go through a journey of an animal who's suffering. Yeah, that's fair. It was uncomfortable to watch. That's true. I don't want to. Yeah, hard to watch as as many academy award winners are so what so what the uh, big old penguins do the emperor penguins do is they huddle in a big clump Mm -hmm. and the ones who are in the middle are the warmest ones Mm -hmm. but there's like a natural cycle built where like the penguins on the outside like get pushed and pushed into the closer to the center and Mm -hmm. so like everybody gets a chance to be on the inside and everybody's on the outside Mm -hmm. human social dynamics are like that except we both we Uh, Relate not just to where we are but like who's around us So if the people around us are like us and we feel safe and good and if anybody is Should be stigmatized or is a sort of disgust we push them away really hard because we don't want them to infect us either with their literal stuff or with their social Metaphorical like stigmatized and so stigmatized people get pushed out to the edge and so they're the most at risk Does that make (laughs) sense? So stigma is actually a vehicle for transmission. Yes the virus itself not the people with the virus are the enemy and the way we should all be thinking about our interaction with the world like we have to go out in the world sometimes when we do that we should be assuming that we have it and everyone has it and it's on every surface period yeah that's how you do it right that's Mm -hmm. how you're doing it right that's how i'm doing it yeah and it's not that you are disgusting and horrible because you have coronavirus it's that you have a responsibility to maintain enough physical distance to protect other people from the coronavirus that you almost certainly have. We don't know, because we're not testing anybody! We will get to that. Because that's my thing I going to rant about. So remember who the real enemy is? The fact that we are creating physical distance is our natural reaction is going to be to have an emotional like, ugh! Or to feel judged and ashamed because somebody doesn't want to shake our hand or because uh, somebody create, like we walk towards someone and they walk away from us. When that happens under ordinary circumstances, we're like, what? Like it feels offensive. Mm -hmm. And I totally did offend a student at like the last event that I physically went to. A student came in and was going to shake my hand and I was like, nope. And she left. Yeah. Yeah. But pandemic. Yeah, like my public health background just would not let me like... No, you have like- also not shaken hands kind of as a policy on other e- occasions. I try not to shake During hands if I can Flu season, it, ever. just in general, because it's, it's bad for public health for us to be just like touching each other all the time, especially just hand to hand, Yeah, because our hands are covered in everything we've touched and yeah. every hand that we've touched, everything that they've touched... Yeah, And we just need not to be doing that. And wouldn't it be great if the world was a place where people wouldn't be offended Yeah, because we didn't want to shake their hands? It's not and a I, sign of disrespect. It's a sign of like, I care about not giving you coronavirus. Therefore, I think the compromise of the elbow bump is not good. Like people are not going to do elbow silly. bump. silly, yeah. Ridiculous. So yeah. Uh, Ian Crozier, one of the physicians who was taking care of Ebola patients, he got Ebola. He was airlifted out, went to Emory, almost mm-hmm. died. Like when he gets interviewed about what it was like living through that and what the behaviors were like he said in that area you don't shake in Sierra Leone you don't shake hands with people people don't hug what they do is they There put are the a hand lot of places heart. all around the world where shaking hands is not a custom. Yeah. So you put your hand over your heart and you might yeah. you, you might add a bow to, and i think that is a lovely gesture that is well, really nice. so much more wave than just it. touching. Yeah, waving just is wave. good. Yeah. You could curtsy. <laughs> so, bow. Yeah. yeah. No, but legit. Like, both there, hands, there, there I are there are lots ask, of ways to greet people that are not touching them. My flu season generic hand waving defense is this: I wave with both hands and then I clutch my hands together. Very Mickey Mouse. My hands are not available. It's actually Minnie Mouse. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. Basically, I am. I am a Disney princess. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So I found that. Uh, In Massachusetts, people have been really good about not shaking hands. I've been meeting with contractors at the sandwich house and um, yeah, no, they're finally okay with like, I'm not going to shake your hand. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Whereas I I was in Charleston, South Carolina, shopping for a used car with my stepdaughter and trying to remind those used car dealers, no, I'm not going to shake your hand because there's a fucking pandemic. Have you heard? Like, I just got off an airplane. How are you not? How are you even standing next to me? What don't you want to like step away from? You're me? You're basically like pig pen from Like peanuts. I I just got off an airplane. You should be. <laughs> and those people on the airplane. Me. This was, I mean, things have moved really fast. You were traveling before Last like shutdowns had happened. Yeah, before shutdowns had happened. But even yeah. so, people knew. And yeah. they knew I was from Massachusetts. That was a whole conversation we had. Yes, I came down from Massachusetts to help my stepdaughter with this. They should have been like yeah yeah and instead they were like nah, 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 nah. and i was like nah, nah, nah. so a thing everybody needs to do is to recognize their emotional reaction to that physical distance yes. and like override it with their cognitions with their understanding that these are extraordinary times yeah physical distance is the sign of respect yeah. and inclusion, and welcome to move towards someone right now to like close that space and touch them when they're not part of your family unit your home unit yeah no it's a risk to your own health so who's the real enemy the real enemy is the virus yes. itself and the virus wants us to touch each other the virus wants us to stand two feet apart the virus yeah. really wants us to yeah take it personally if somebody yeah. chooses not to touch us my horseback riding instructor is a major extrovert and a real estate agent like that's one of her gigs yeah and so she was saying like yeah it's it's really tough for extroverts like you can't like and shaking hands is like my whole business and it's really hard to break the habit but even when I told her, I just you know, I got off a plane on, on Sunday, you know, coming from Charleston, she's like, shouldn't you be in quarantine right now? No, yeah. you only need to be social This is the thing I have. I think I'm the only person who really cares about this. She was joking. Just, oh, she, but she was aware that me being on a plane made me was a source of, more exposed. Yeah. Yes. yeah, made you pig pen from yes. peanuts. We were literally in a horse barn, so it was fine. Yeah, We were definitely 20 feet away from each other yeah. the whole time. But just just because I feel the need to say this out loud... Quarantine is when you have symptoms and you separate yourself from the rest of the world for the protection of everyone. That's quarantine. Self-isolation is when you don't have symptoms, but you have you have reason to believe you've been exposed, and so you separate yourself from the rest of the world as a precaution. And self-distancing or social distancing, which is what we're doing, is when you reduce your contact with other people under the assumption, because we're not testing, we don't know who has it. An abundance of caution. Just, just remove the possibility or reduce the possibility that you are sharing whatever's on your hands and your breath and coming out your nose. Just reduce it because Mm -hmm. this is communicable from the first cough and the first sneeze. Maybe earlier. Yeah. Before you have a fever, it's transmissible. So that's, that. maybe nobody else cares about quarantine versus self-isolation versus There's definitely distancing. articles explaining it in like the New York Times and the Washington Post have all done explaining and yet, this, like, what it. And everybody's fucking like, I'm in quarantine. You're not in quarantine. Yeah. You are not in quarantine. You don't but, have symptoms. But also people use words colloquially and it doesn't matter. It's fine. They can use whatever words they want if they feel like it feels like quarantine. Let it, they're not physicians. They're not in the medical profession. They don't yeah. need to use the words exactly the same way. People can say they're depressed without being clinically depressed. People can feel like they're addicted to chocolate without being actually damagingly addicted. Like it's, it's colloquial use of words is also acceptable. Yeah. But when that person goes into quarantine and they're like, I'm in quarantine, how are they communicating? I have symptoms. I am isolating myself because I have fluids coming out of me that could kill somebody else. That, I think, would change how they use words, ok. I think they would say that's I'm why I sick. think it's important that we project the word quarantine in particular, ok, because people are sick. That's quarantine. I, it, uh, that's official <laughs> technical quarantine, and yes, quarantine is funnier because it's the one that's been stigmatized. I ok. anyway. so where we started out with this was who's the real enemy? It's the coronavirus. So, You have to shift your sense of what's appropriate social behavior. Yes. And now this is appropriate social behavior. We are self-distancing, social distancing. It's actually physical distancing. The eyes just still connect socially without putting yourself in the same room with somebody. Right. Um, And did you know that one in three American households, about 10% of Americans live alone? No, I did not know that. It's a pretty big percentage. Yeah, that is a big percentage. It's much bigger than I thought. Actually, the older you are, the more likely you are to live alone. Really? Once you get past 70 and into the right. 80s, it's sure. really very high. And that kind of social isolation, like loneliness is a for form of torture. It is a chronic illness, loneliness. So teaching people how to connect without being physically next to each other. Yeah. That's that's our job. That's what we do now. This is where we live. We live here now. Yeah. Coronavirus. Yeah. So we looked at the research while well, I spent a lot of time looking at the research. I'm supposed to be working on a science update of Come As You Are. So obviously I have been spending all mornings reading Doing the research. About, anything like, else. Yeah. Because <laughs> that research is extremely hard to understand. But I can really understand this research yeah. on how to increase the intensity. It's obvious stuff. First of all, the more senses you can involve, the better it is. So if you can uh, have it be video instead of just a phone, that's better. If you can have it be okay. a phone instead of just text. So
1: that's if better. you
0: open some tea tree oil, then we'll both be sm- sharing the <laughs> fragrance of tea tree oil. You know, they actually have a digital handshake mechanism that you can buy, where you put your hand under a thing, and it goes bzzz at the same time that it goes bzzz for the other person. Like it just vibrates like your phone, and that haptic handshake. There's an episode of Big Bang Theory about that. Oh, is there? Yeah. I mean, that's a real thing that exists. Yeah, But that sort of like physical connection that's sort of mediated Yeah, really changes how people feel about an interaction. The more senses you can add, the better. And then the next layer of it is the more sort of psychological intensity that you can add, the better. So sense of meaning and purpose. So the reason we are doing it this way is because we are protecting public health. We are part of I think, though I have qualms about using a war metaphor, I think the closest most people get to understanding what's happening here is that this is a war—and we all have to do something, and mm-hmm. we're all paying a price. This is hard. Social sacrifice. isolation is really difficult. We are all being injured a little bit every day that we are less connected with people than we want to be, than our body I feel craves. A little bit bad that I really enjoy it. Yeah. You're that. a really intense introvert who's never had a chance to live the life that oh, an introvert, God. yeah, like this, this is, is so... how I've always wanted the world to be. And I know <laughs> that so many people are suffering, but I just love it. Yeah, and both of us are in a place of like extreme privilege. Yes, not and only safety, are we... yeah. we're being paid by. Yeah, we're, I mean, you're you just got some income, but like. Like I'm getting That's my salary not. from my school, and I'm making videos, and we have you know, health for my classes and, I, and we live yeah, in like, Massachusetts. Absolutely. So I, I gotta say that even if I were suffering financially, my identity would be thriving under these circumstances. Even if yeah. I had to move, you know, back in with somebody, if I had to move in with you, because I didn't have any money. <laughs> I mean, you could. We would. But if that happened, be, like I, yeah. I would still, I would still really enjoy that. The guy's next door (laughs) doing work unless he's barking. (laughs) Really quit it. You're very cute and nice. Don't bark. Good girl. Yeah. You need a dog. Yeah. You can't hear Thunder snoring, can you? Because it's loud. I cannot hear it. Okay. So uh, increasing the sense of meaning and purpose of like why we're doing it this way is because we are working together. And the hard thing is I did like a solo episode about soon certain positive, how we're engaging in really difficult behaviors and we'll never experience the reward because you can never know what harm you didn't create. Yeah. So we have to like remind ourselves and have a conversation about it and talk about how good it feels to be participating in the solution. Even if the thing we're doing right now does not feel good, it's part of something larger that is good and is satisfying. And even if we can't see the good it's doing, we are still doing that good. Yes. Yeah. Go us. Yeah. And if there will probably come a time soon when all of us will have to do more than just social distancing. Hospitals are already asking people to donate whatever N95 masks they have yeah. to sew masks. If you have a sewing machine, you should search, and you are a person who sews, you should search for like sewing medical masks and find the instructions and see what hospitals are looking for them. There's a place in Oklahoma that I heard about on Rachel Maddow. Did you see this? Mm-mm. In Oklahoma, they're looking for people who will sew masks for the worried well, so those people will not go buy medical masks, Yeah. so there won't be competition for people who literally need it in order to do their life-saving jobs. Yeah. But isn't that a good idea? Like, let's make masks for the people who are worried so that they can wear a mask and feel calmer and not be part of the problem. Yes. That's a good thing to do. Yes. Can those people... (laughs) Okay, that's fine. So I... They're not overreacting. Masks help Uh, a little. No, no, no. I'm not saying they're overreacting. I'm saying can, it's it's fine. I don't want to be judgy, but like, I'm definitely judgy. I also, I read an article about the cultural differences between wearing a mask in the United States or generally in the West versus in Asia or generally in the East, where masks were used as part of the strategy for like SARS, Mm -hmm. etc., And uh, masks were basically destigmatized in Asia so that people just wear them all the time. Um, And I had Asian students on campus who started wearing masks, first of all, because there was some racism on campus about the coronavirus. And so Mm. these Asian students would wear masks to be like, I'm not giving you fucking coronavirus because A, I don't have it. B, look, I'm wearing a mask. Does that help you? But also they didn't feel like it was so much of a stigma to wear a mask because they had Grown up as kids, like learning to wear a mask when you're out in public, when you're on the subway. It's just a thing you do. Whereas we tend to see masks in the a West. A person as in we, a mask is a stigma. Is a threat, yes. Is a dangerous infection to avoid. Yes. Or, or someone who's hiding something or other sort of more subliminal layers of disguise or distrustfulness. Anyway, it's different in different parts of the world. That's all. So we're, and anybody who has medical training consider whether to be in medical practice right now because yeah more people that's not a thing I can do like I'm looking for the something else I can do besides making a podcast about how to make social distancing less painful less suffering and more powerful um there's got to be more I can do though I don't know what it is because mostly what I do is run the numbers in my head over and over like all my epidemiology kicks back in and I look at the numbers and I just like really bad, yeah, no, like it's yeah, people are gonna die. It's worse than just people are gonna die, yeah, the whole systems could be yep, it's bad. it's the mm, we're not maybe, ready maybe maybe we should cut this part out if we can figure out how to cut parts out. <laughs> maybe we should have found that out before we started video recording. yeah, so it's, uh, it's bad. Yeah, it's the doctors are going to be rationing care. Yeah, like in Italy. And we're within two weeks of that. Yeah. And there's articles, literally op-eds in the New York Times being like, yeah, people are dying, but it's like people in their 80s and 90s who are sick already anyway. And I'm like, that apparently is okay with you? Like, it's okay if they die. They're already, no, 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 no. Life is valuable in the med-. The New York Times is just like, let's go ahead and run that letter that's from that guy who doesn't seem to think it matters that much if Dr. there was no body. moral compass at all yeah awesome yeah 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 with no i mean if nothing else thinking about the mental well-being of the physician who had to make the choice not to give that person a ventilator bare minimum yeah bare minimum yeah okay. so it has to make that who, decision over and over again every day dear whoever wrote that op-ed you can go fuck yourself information for you other people care if someone dies, no matter how old they are. Because you know what? Somebody loves that person. Yeah. And it's tragic and hard for them that that person died. It's not just a, Meh, it's not that many people. And they're all old anyway. Ugh, yeah. And it's it's, it's an ugly, difficult way to die. Yeah. Gasping for breath and alone. Yeah. So the um, the New York Times is like, let's go ahead and run this. Let's run that. What a this, good idea. This opinion piece. And it's like an educated human being from an Ivy League school. Uh, in... Who just apparently is also a sociopath? I don't know. Yeah. Why should we all have to change our lives just because some old right. people are... Isn't, and really, isn't the economic and also toll... And 40% of people under the age of 54. Yeah. Isn't the economic toll more dangerous than the health toll at this point? <laughs> I mean, we don't know. It might not be that dangerous. It might just be the flu. We don't know. There's no evidence yet. We don't even know if the social distancing is going to work. And really, what the social distancing is accomplishing is like destroying people's financial lives or losing their jobs or filing for unemployment. The whole economy is going to crash. And that's so much worse than if 2% of people die. 2% of people who get it. Y- yes.
1: Well, see, of all
0: people. it's only like 0.2% of all people. Who cares if 0.2% of all people die? Mm. What about the economy, Emily? So... (laughs) We're all gonna be looking for like, what more can we do besides making a podcast about how to make social distancing less of a struggle. Mm. Uh, So, the way you do that is with ritual and play. You and I have been working for a long time. Fuck. Yeah. You can extrapolate from the math within three weeks. There will be tens of thousands of people needing hospitalization in New York City. Yeah. Just in New York. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. USS Comfort, which is not going to be ready. No. But even if it were, how many beds is it? 1,000. Yeah. It's real bad. It's real bad. That's like 10%, though. We're doing nothing. We are doing, I said tens. Yeah. I I know. Yeah. Yeah. Tens. no yeah yeah rage Rage. so like all all i have to do is stay in my house and eat out of my pantry for the foreseeable future yeah and that's easy for me to say because i am only losing like a little bit of my income and a significant portion of what i lose in income i save because i'm not going on vacation (laughs) because there's nowhere to go yeah (sighs) So it's easy for me to say all we have to do is stay home. I also don't have kids. Yeah, So I don't have to like work on that structure. Though the same way you have judgments about masks, I have judgments about people who are like, ugh, I have to be home with my kids, and I know I'm a bad person for having that feeling. But like, you have kids. You- you chose to have kids. Not everybody chose to have their kids. Not everybody had like an option to like have those kids, and uh, like I get it but like almost all everyone all the complaining all the com- no don't even say that no because it doesn't matter whether people chose to have the kids or not they have the kids now and the kids are there and they've probably been there for a while yeah and I just so I know it's funny to complain about like oh the kids are driving me crazy there's this very funny twitter thread that's like describe what your child did but instead of saying your child say your coworker. Yeah. Like my coworker just jumped on my back, wrapped his arms around my neck and screamed in my ear. And of course, anything that your pet does, say my assistant. My assistant keeps nudging me wanting to go out. My assistant just barked at the guy installing internet next door. Right. Just, yeah. So I have, I have, everybody has those judgments, but the thing is like, that doesn't matter. Like everybody has their thing. Everybody has their struggle that they're doing. I have less struggle than almost anybody else that I know. So I figure it's the least I can do to make a podcast about how to make it less onerous to, to do social distancing. Yeah. Uh, so the things that you do- You even ma- live with an introvert. So you don't even have that. Like, oh no, my husband's an extrovert. Yeah, no, Rich is definitely more of an introvert than you, Malin is. Yeah, I have oh, like oh, here's Karen my feeding now. of an extrovert. Here's my assistant now. Becky, yeah. what is this? <laughs> oh, yeah, Karen feeding of an extrovert is my- That's my primary responsibility. I have to make sure he gets his USDA of conversation every day. (laughs) And it all has to come from you. Yes. It all has to come from me. I mean, the thing you can do is help him to find other outlets because his requirement is more than you have the capacity (laughs) to give. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, puppy dog. Okay, ritual and play. Ritual is, uh, ritual okay. and play have a lot in common. They are repetitive, not obviously functional, sort of stylized versions of things you do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we engage in these things, these repetitive, stylized versions of what we do, uh, yeah. it builds our sense of connection with the other people. It's the reason we engage in rituals. So I don't know what people's online, like, connection rituals should be, but they should build in rituals, not just mm-hmm. be like, Hey, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay. Well, it's good to talk to you. Bye. Like you should build in like structural things that you do on a regular basis. So yep. that it was more enriching and rewarding. Yeah. Maybe do this with his kids. His kids have been calling in a very supportive and proactive way. That's great. It's nice. Yeah. Maybe this though. Yeah, that'd be nice. Wouldn't it be better? It'd be better. And they could figure out like rituals to do. So it's not just like, "Hey, checking in on you. How you doing?" Yeah, but that'd be could, better. That'd yeah. be better. They should try so it. So here are two conversational rituals that are actually evidence based. The first one is uh, less evidence based than the second one, and it is the thirty second complaint. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna. This was. We're just gonna go with the way John Oliver described it on mm-hmm. his yeah. coronavirus show. Yeah. So I have set my timer for thirty seconds. Okay. Like thirty seconds, and you get to. So you figure out the thing that you want to complain about, that you're missing out on. And you know that it is trivial and -hmm. ridiculous that you are complaining about this thing. But 30 seconds and I will just listen supportively. Ready? Go. I was having my bathroom redone and they started on Thursday. And then Sunday night, we got an email that they're walking away indefinitely. All they did was work for two days and take apart our bathroom so that during this big crisis, we could have had a bathroom if they just hadn't done that work. Are you telling me they didn't know on Thursday that there was a possibility they might walk away on Sunday? So that on Sunday, all of a sudden, boom, they're not here. And then I call and I'm like, um, I can't just indefinitely not have a toilet on the second floor because my husband can't climb the stairs because health conditions because blah, blah, blah. And they hesitated and yelled at me and said, how dare dare you how dare you in this time of crisis complain about your toilet he said how dare you he did oh god our grandparents would say put him in the punch him on the nose list that's true i forgot about that the punch him in the nose list oh yeah go at, make that make writing that list part of your ritual with malin when you're complaining about things put him on the punch him in the nose list yeah i can't believe it okay I'm so mad now, John Oliver, when he did that, then trailed off and like kept going back to it, and that felt very real you. to me. That felt very <laughs> real to me. I'm telling you, it felt you. real to me too. I'm totally sure that it actually was real. I'm yeah. totally sure it was coming from a place of like real, like. But why can't you just do? Yeah, he complained yeah. about his and soccer team. For those who didn't see it, yeah. Okay, and my I'm- turn. Ready? Okay. Wait, should do, I my turn? Do you timer? feel at all better for having got an opportunity to like just like? I feel like I needed way more than thirty seconds. Okay, uh in John Gottman's research, he actually would give you like ten to fifteen minutes. Yes, I know. So maybe you can have that as your ritual. yeah, we do the we do the thirty minute stress reducing conversation where somebody talks for ten or fifteen minutes, and the other person and you're is just supportive just supportive, yeah. yeah. Benjamin list has has a good yeah place in the uh, stress reducing yeah. conversation. Yeah. Uh, people yeah. who don't know what we're talking about, you can read chapter six of burnout. Okay, here's your thirty seconds. You ready? Yeah, go. Yeah, the thing is, because there's nothing in my life for me to worry about, the thing I'm actually deeply enraged about is the testing protocol, because you can only get tested in Massachusetts, for example, if you have a a recent travel history or a known exposure to someone with COVID-19, and they're not testing people who don't have a known exposure, and so that person now isn't a contact, and so if someone they know gets it, that person can't be tested because the person they got it from is not known exposure because they weren't tested how are we ever going to know see we really need more than 30 seconds yeah 30 seconds is not enough 90 seconds at least (sighs) like 30 seconds is enough to get really worked up and then to have to stop yeah we are making it so much worse yeah that testing protocol is why it's going to be so bad That testing protocol is the problem. It is, and it's not even just the travel history. It's a travel history, tour from places with known community spread. And I understand. Like, here's the thing: they got to prioritize. The reason they're doing it this way with people with who are very symptomatic or with known exposure is because it's not really about understanding the prevalence. It can't be because there aren't enough tests for that. It's not about that. It's about. Rationing the tests to people who will be m- admitted to the hospital because yeah. if they're admitted to the hospital with a known negative test, then the medical people don't need to use the protective equipment that they already have to, to ration. Yeah, so we're rationing tests because we have to ration protective equipment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sad, it's and while that happens, yeah, it's just worse and worse and worse. Yeah. People with no symptoms. But we have like the best healthcare system in the world. We're the United States. Okay, I'm going to stop talking about it because the more I talk about it, the more enraged I get. Want to talk about my toilet instead? (laughs) What makes it even worse? What makes it even more confusing is that, yes, after I was yelled at, then the guy was like, all right, I'll send a plumber over tomorrow to install the toilet, which he did in about 20 minutes. And then that night, we got another email that was like, okay, we're going to come back and keep working tomorrow. The electrician will be there. And then the plumber will be there the next day. And then Monday, they're going to come and refinish your tub. No explanation about like where that whole we're walking away and definitely thing went. No apology or like recognition that what's happening now is inconsistent with what they said. But I don't want to complain because like they're making progress on my bathroom. And we asked the guy who came in, like, are you okay with keeping working? Because like, pandemic you know have you got kids at home that you need to be like watching and taking care of and he was like no man i'm good. I'm just glad to be working okay great yeah the mystery so that's that's one ritual. like 90 seconds is enough to get really through the rant okay let's, call, the, it let's call it a 90 second, 90 second rant rant about shit that is really peripheral to the main though my rant is about literally the, the core yeah, of like problem. the pinpointed oh yeah. th- but like I get it off my chest and then I go back to solutions. Solutions, solutions, solutions. I am so into solutions. Yeah. Yay. And one of the solutions is giving people an opportunity to blow off steam through a stress yeah. reducing thing. Yeah. Cuz it's, it's so not supportive. about solving the problem necessarily. It's about dealing with the feelings so that right. you can get back to there the is a solving the problem. Between yes. deal- dealing with the problem and dealing with the feelings you have about the problem. Yes. And that's dealing with the feelings. Yeah. So, uh, a second evidence-based ritual is sharing something positive. So if you think about like in the last day or so, what's one really positive thing that has happened? So I had my horseback riding lesson yesterday because even you were like, yeah, that's probably fine because you're in a barn and it's like 12 acres of open land and it was fine. Um, and so I, for the first time ever, rode over not just like poles on the ground, but those little crisscross poles, <gasps> that's which like are like slightly higher. Inches. It was like, it was. well, I was very careful to go right over the middle where it's lowest, but mm-hmm. even so, it was like four inches. No, it was like six inches. That's That's awesome. It was only six inches. Yeah. It's a really big difference from just going over poles to going off a pole that's raised off the ground. I told my instructor, I've never done this before. And she was like, I guarantee you it's going to feel exactly the same. It was not the same. The horse was like, it was not the same, but it was, I was very proud. And you did it. I did it. I didn't fall off or anything. It was the Uh, closest I came to falling off the whole lesson. Wow. Did not fall off. Congratulations. Yeah, it was good. So this activity boosts the positive impact of the positive event really significantly. Does that mean I have to think of a, yes, it does. Cause it's good for you. Yeah. So it was approaching dinner time yesterday and I was like, I just want a burger. I don't want a fast food burger. I want like a big juicy burger. How am I going to get like a big juicy burger? Mm-hmm. Rich went to the grocery store and he got 80 20 meat, ground That's beef. That's the correct kind of meat for a burger. For a burger. Potato rolls. Oh, they're the best. Shredded lettuce. Nice. You uh, a, like pre shredded lettuce, like in a bag? Shreddice, yeah. Wow. I do not um, know that was a thing. It's a thing you can buy. Sure, I'm sure. And we put mayonnaise on the bun, which he toasted, obviously. Because you can. Yeah. For an ultimate topping, this package of fried shallots Mm. that he got at uh, an Asian store. Wow. And he made these burgers that just were like picture perfect and so satisfying for this. Yeah, you literally sent me a picture. Yeah. They're like like so, so delicious. Yeah. Um, And I used a bunch of the leftover meat to make nachos for breakfast today. Nice. It's like a twofer. Yeah. So that was the and now it's a threefer because you're reliving it all with me and enjoying it again. Yes, and this is an evidence-based ritual that people can engage in. Uh, The third thing, in addition to ritual, there's also play, which is like games. I like word games because that's that's what I'm good at. Before we move on to the game thing, I just want to tell you that because I buy my meat from a farm in Maine that does like grass-fed happy cows, so I have like eight pounds of ground beef in my freezer right now if you need some ground beef. I'm going to need some ground beef. Okay. I also have kebab meat. I'll trade you a bunch of meat for your ring light. Fair enough. And your packing cube. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And the light-proof glass bottle for hydrogen peroxide. Oh, that's right. Solution. You got me the bottle for the hydrogen peroxide yeah. so I so can disinfect it. And Rich, uh, if he has longing to, because Rich being more of an extrovert needs to leave more than I do. So he's the one who goes to the grocery store and stuff. Right, yeah. Um, so he would come and bring it to you. Oh, hey. Without even needing to come into the house. Nice. Which is probably better because we have to assume everybody has it. Yeah. So like nobody can go into And house. I was on a plane a week ago, so yeah. who knows. Yeah, who knows what the hell kind of Yeah. Yeah. Although when I got, I checked into my hotel, I was very strict about like wiping everything with alcohol, keep my hands clean, not touching my face. I got to my hotel and washed everything I was wearing in the sink, except my coat and my jeans, which I sent out to the hotel laundry and had washed and they were brought back to me the next day I took a shower I washed every inch of my everything yeah so I was I did the same thing when I got I mean, home when physicians you get know. home from work at a hospital they change yeah their clothes. strip down and wash it all yeah, yeah. so I mean when you're in clean wards you strip everything off very carefully so that it doesn't touch your hands yeah like there's a gray yeah. room between the dirty and the clean rooms anyway so I was as careful so as I could are, possibly yeah. be yeah and I yeah Although apparently, I mean, the whole reason I had to go help Sarah buy this car is because she's been driving her cousin's car and her cousin was deployed in Afghanistan for the past several years and he's finally coming home this weekend. And now there's all these news stories about how the troops who are coming home from Afghanistan this weekend to Fort Bragg, where he is in North Carolina, are being like, put in quarantine. It's really shitty. They're not prepared to quarantine these soldiers. And it's like all tragic. But of course, but he's getting his car back this weekend. It's not quarantine. It's isolation. They're calling it quarantine in the news stories. Uh, yeah, of course they've. Fucking are but yeah i mean like it is reasonable that they would be isolating people who are coming back on a plane from Absolutely. a country yeah, yeah but they they were not prepared to I, like do it in a humane way so they, they were underfeeding them they didn't have ac- adequate bathroom facilities yeah. that makes me real angry see yeah. all the news makes me real angry yes yeah. so let's, let's play a word game let's play a word game okay I don't even know if I'm in the right state of mind to be able to play a game. I think you will be to to play mine because mine's. I was in a state of rage when I made my plans. So some of mine are a little bit um, cathartically ragey Okay, and dark and negative. So um, the word game is we have three words to which you add one single word and each of those three words becomes a new word. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you three words and you have to guess what the one word is. Okay. First one's kind of easy. The three words are burn... Rage, and liar. Burn, rage, and liar. And there's another word that you can add to all those three words and make them new words. Yeah. And those are really darkly satisfying words. Burn, rage, and liar. Out? Yeah. Burnout, outrage, and outlier. There you go. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Want another one? Sure. This one's not quite so dark and negative. Ache, bored, and bulk. Head. Yeah. See, that's not quite so dark. Want another one? Okay. Or should I do one? Uh, yeah, let me give you one. Uh, okay. So here's the easiest one I have. Beam, mm-hmm. shine, and down. Sun. Yeah, that's the first one on purpose. Um, how about load? Dumb and be. What's the last word? B. I was going to say found, but load, dumb, dumb, and be. Load. Load, dumb. And it's a full word? And be, yeah. You add this word. Do you want a hint? Yeah. I can tell you that it goes before the word. Oh, no, this doesn't work. Fuck, I did it wrong. Okay, I don't feel so bad then. Yeah, sorry. Let me give you uh, another one. How about right. town, clamp, and side? Side, like top, side. bottom, and side? Yeah. Say again? Town, clamp, and side. In? No. In clamp, clamp, I don't know. Is that a thing? Uh, cl- clamp, clamp. <laughs> oh, puppy, yeah. The, the dogs are playing dinosaurs. Down. Clamp, I don't know. We'll let you think about it some more. Okay, they just one dog is listening, the other licking the other dog's face. How about uh, house game? No, <laughs> side house, what. I don't know. Side house? House side? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Think about it. Town, clamp, and side. You can hang on to that one. How about game, imp, and weak? Weak with an E or weak with an A? It doesn't matter, but oh. it's, it happens to be weak with an E. But because it's homonyms, okay, it, doesn't, it matter. doesn't have to be spelled. Yeah, Like liar. Right. So same again. Game, imp, and weak. End. Yes. See, it's a fun game. It's a little Yay, distracting. I got it's fun it. To, it's fun to think of them, and yes. it's fun to try to solve them. Yeah. It's a good game. Do you want another one? Uh, okay. Uh, fledged, thought, and I. <laughs> fledged. 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 The only thought, and I. Unfledged is the only other word I know with fledged in it. No, it's not. I'm a member of this. I'm a paid up member. I'm 100% a member of this group. I am a certified, bona fide, fledged. Such and such a title. No, I don't know that word. Full fledged? Is full-fledged one word or is it hyphenated? I don't know. It's two words. Okay. Full-fledged is two words. Okay. So, I mean, I said one that well, didn't work. And, and, okay. I um, only have one more. Okay. And that is plant, off, and bold. Face. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. I have a birth, hall. And Mark. Oh shit, no, I told you it wrong. It was Mark. It was birth, hall, and land. And then Mark was the word. Mark was the word. Dang it. Oh, See, I man. didn't even write the word down. I just wrote the three words and didn't write the missing word. Yeah. But I also didn't check if full fledged was one word or two. So you gotta check those things. Uh, <laughs> okay. So uh, another game That's is all I got. telling a story one word at a time, which I'm afraid might get dark. Yeah, maybe we should not uh, do that one today. Let's let's Love just see. Let's just just get a couple sentences and see how it goes. Okay. Once upon a time, there was a little person who liked to drive to the country where she enjoyed riding some. Horses. So that when she was riding horses, she could feel better. (laughs) The end. That's both of us being really afraid to go where our imaginations take us. <laughs> so much hesitation when we filtered out the real I options that came wanted it first. to be like, so that when the uh, apocalypse came, she could ride a horse out of town and be free. Yeah, yeah, that's Ooh, why I, you need a second person. Yeah, that's what the second person is for. But it's most fun when you're like, any number of people can do this going round in a circle. It is most fun when you do not filter. But we filtered because we're trying not to go We're all dark, if we can avoid it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not just therapeutic for us as other people. Yeah. So So in addition, to just like obviously you can play Scrabble online, you can play all kinds of games online, you can like make up games. You can play word games, which is fun, right? Yeah. So what have we learned today? We have learned that having face-to-face video communication is better than just the phone and having phone communication is better than just text. So amp up the number of senses involved if you can. Don't just be like, hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Talk about what you're doing. Okay, well, like, uh, I'm going to let you go. That one. Yeah. Instead, have there be rituals and structure to the conversation. Two evidence-based rituals include the uh, stress-reducing conversation, especially sharing something she did that happened timed so that you're not just like uh, regurgitating your suffering and chewing up every piece of juice of suffering you can get. Uh, more than 30 seconds john oliver but yeah i think 30 seconds is not enough it was that short for comedic purposes and he had a team of writers helping him get it down to that yeah whereas you're just trying to blow off steam so somewhere between a minute and a half and 10 minutes depending on your level of fuck everything Mm -hmm. that's one and then the second thing is share a good thing that happened because it amplifies the positive impact of the good thing if you share it with someone else Mm -hmm. And then the third thing was to amplify your sense of meaning and purpose. The reason we're doing it this way is because we are participating in the solution. If we don't remind ourselves of that, it would be easy to lose track because we will never see what harm we didn't do. Mm -hmm. We will never know to whom we did not give coronavirus, who might have been harmed by it. Yeah. That's the... I'm going to add one more little thing, which is that the way the world has changed and the way we're doing social distancing is preventing disease. This is a thing that we're doing that is preventing disease. Yes. And not just coronavirus. It prevents all kinds of diseases. So maybe we could come out of this extreme version of social distancing and not just drop it all and leave it behind, but remember that some of these things we could pick up and continue doing. Where we have to shake hands. Or like hug people we just met and feel like judgmental of people who don't want to hug us. Yeah. Even though, look, we're in the same room together. Shouldn't we be hugging? Mm-hmm. Maybe we could like change our expectations about how right. we interact with each other. And because there are people who are thriving wave a hand in, glass. in this no touch, And not only is it going to prevent disease if we don't touch each other, but people for whom social interaction is not as comfortable as it is for the majority of people are doing better right now. And maybe we could accommodate those people more often. It's not just introverts. It's people uh, on different places on the neurological spectrum, people with physical differences, uh, who can't interact on the same, you know, just logistical way that everybody else can. It would be good for the world if maybe we just treated everybody with more space. Maybe that would be a good thing that we can learn and take away from this and have a long-term impact. Yes, we're making the world a better place. So too, For sure. Yeah. Okay, anything else you wanna say about how to make social distancing less terrible? I think that was it. Remember we're all sacrificing something. I do have the song if you want me to record the song in a way that you can actually understand the words. Okay, Amelia has a song. I'm not prepared to do it right now because I haven't practiced it since yesterday when you said you couldn't understand the words. Well, I'm gonna sandwich this video between your Mickey song introduction and the actual output. So we'll put the song in the next one. Okay. Because it's not like this is gonna end. No, this is, this is. We have time. Yeah, we have time. Oh, so process. this was uh, a video social distancing episode of the Feminist Survival Project twenty twenty. I'm Emily Nagoski. I'm Amelia. And uh, I play uh, this ukulele. Is... <laughs> this is going to be edited by my marital euphemism. Any music you hear is by Amelia. Rich is the one who's going to do like all the hard work of figuring out technologically how to turn this into something we can post on the internet somewhere, maybe. And the dog begging to go out. Hope And we will see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. Girl, this has been so frustrating. (laughs) All of the technical (laughs) issues. But I think I have it now. And hopefully I'll get the reward of feeling like I've accomplished something. But I just heard my laundry beep, so I know it's going to beep again. I'm not redoing it if the laundry beep's in the middle. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Social distance, isolation, months of quarantine, flattening the curve. Social distance, so I have to be alone. Uh Mercy.